Yeah, yeah. That, um, I mean, I can remember that like it was yesterday. Um, I think Marshall had the ball. Um, it was, I think, third, might have been fourth down. I think it was fourth and goal. The ball was on like nine or ten. And um, long story short, they uh, they threw a fade over to Alfonso Hodges' side. He was playing corner for us at the time. From my views, I was in the press box. Everything looked like it was fine. There was no you know, no uh, interference whatsoever. He made a great play, ball batted down. Boom, we're going to win the game. Well, on the field, you know, the, the referees saw different. Where can you turn when you're in pain? Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn, where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn where you'll get immediate access to expert orthopedic specialists, physical therapy, and imaging at 15 convenient locations throughout the greater Cincinnati area. When you're in pain, turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. Visit beaconortho.com to schedule your appointment. That's the Beacon difference. Now, on to this week's episode. In 2002, Coach Johnson's coaching career almost came to a screeching halt after a controversial call on the field and an incident in the press box. However, he was given a second chance and has gone on to have an illustrious coaching career. He's currently an assistant coach with the Las Vegas Raiders. It's none other than my guy, Coach Tavor Johnson. Coach, Coach Johnson, appreciate you taking some time, man, joining myself and Kyle here on the Underdog Podcast. How about that? I know. Hey, you guys got to change the name of it, man. It's, it's going up to the Big Dog Podcast, man. <laughs> I hope you guys have on. Shoot. Uh, you can't follow Luke Pickle and Marcus Freeman. I mean, you guys have some guys now. We uh, just had your – we just we, we haven't released it. We just recorded with your guy Trestle, too, so – um, oh, oh, you had the the big dog. There. <laughs> That's yeah. my guy, man. Yeah, That's my yeah. guy there. Yeah, so no, but you, as we just said, man, uh before we started recording, you know, you you're definitely one of those big dogs too. You have you know, having spent, you know, I spent three three years with you at Miami, uh, and you, you had a lasting impact on me as a young man helping my development, and it's been fun to just watch you over the years as my life has taken me and it's on its path and still seeing where you are now with the with the Oakland Raiders. You're you're at the big dog level now. You're not at that collegiate yeah, level dude, we're, anymore. We're so. not even in the same dome as you, man. <laughs> no, get out of here. Get out of here. I see you, you're saying hey. nice. I, I still have nightmares of Coach. <laughs> I already told him. Commandos at Field, Field, Hall Field Agilities. Yelling at me. Yeah, I mean, he was, you know. <laughs> Coach. That's right, 6 a.m., man. Oh. It's going crazy. Yeah, oh, yeah. I remember the quarterbacks. Hey. You love to get us. When we came through your drill, I think you were licking right. your chops. You're like, this is the group, man. <laughs> Yelling at Coco, Betts, Decker, Rodaball, whoever. It was like, dude, it was. Oh, goodness, some names there. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing that, that people don't realize. You know, you guys think 6 a.m. workouts are tough on you. The damn coaches are the ones that we have to be there at 530. So guess what time we've got to get up. So by the time you guys show up, man, we're already pissed, you know. You, you know, there's one thing that I took when I was at St. Joe coaching that Coach Espo told us one day for 6, for 5 a.m., 6 a.m. workouts. He said, look. He said, fake energy is better than no energy. I don't care what you did last night. Just let those players know that you are bringing some kind of fake energy. And I was like, got it. 
I'll show up with fake energy all morning. <laughs> there you go. You better get them started somehow. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so let's get into it, Coach. Um, you know, I had talked to you a while back when we wanted to get you on and uh, told you, you know, this is the underdog, and we wanted to highlight some of the underdog moments of your life, and I wanted to do you the justice to ask, you know, leading in what – those underdog moments may be and one moment that you touched on was when I was actually playing for you at Miami University um, and you know we lost on a bullshit call to, mm, to mm. Marshall to Marshall mm. I'm gonna get your blood boiling mm. get that sip of water coach Oh um, yeah, you see, I had to take a sip right there. <laughs> um, and on, on national TV on a Tuesday night, um, and, and some things transpired that ultimately could have ended your career, or really taking your career down a different path. But you you talked about being thankful and, and whatnot. But can you take us back to that night in two thousand and two uh, at Marshall University and, and kind of what transpired and, and, and through your emotions? Yeah, yeah. That, uh, I mean, I can remember that like it was yesterday. Uh, it was. I think Marshall had the ball. Um, it was, I think, third, probably been fourth down. I think it was fourth and goal. The ball was on like the nine or ten. And um, long story short, they um, they threw a fade over to Alfonso Hodges' side, who was playing corner for us at the time. Uh, from my views, I was in the press box. Everything looked like it was fine. There was no, you know, no uh, interference whatsoever. He made a great play, ball batted down, boom, we're going to win the game. Well, on the field, you know, the, the referees saw different, um, and that's their job, and I can't do their job for them. But sitting up there, as soon as that happened, um, that's exactly what happened to me. My emotions just took over, I think. Some of the things we were talking about even before the podcast, just in terms of um, the intensity and all the things that uh, that goes into coaching, and sometimes your personality and things like that. Uh, that's exactly how I am, and um, I lost my cool. I, I mean, bottom line, I lost my cool, and I started to yell. And as soon as I mean, I, I like I can remember it like it was yesterday, or like it was five minutes ago. Uh, I was yelling, "No way!" and when I stood up, I grabbed the end of the table and, you know, and, and their press box at that time, you know, it was, you know, it was a table, but it was just kind of screwed in, whatever. You know, the, the rage I had at the time, you know, I kind of, when I pulled up on it, I mean, that thing came pretty much came out of screws. Um, I didn't finish there because I stood up and I, I couldn't believe it. And I, so I picked my chair up and I threw my chair across the room, you know, no one was in there besides the coaches. Uh, I threw it away from the coaches because, no, you know, again, I didn't want to hurt my own guys. Um, but long story short, you know, that was a situation where, you know, I lost my cool, man, and that's, that, that's something that you just cannot do in terms of that matter. You know, had I was yelling and screaming, you know, that's part of it. That happens. But once you start to be destructive, uh, and of course, once the chair left my hand, that's, I mean, it, you know, my, my nerves finally calmed down and I was looking at the chair fly across the room and I was going, oh man, <laughs> even before it hit the wall, I'm like, oh, and, um, you know, so after that, you know, we, we ended up losing the game. Uh, some other things had transpired on the field, 
which was unfortunate. And as we were getting on the bus and getting everything ready, I remember Coach Hepner, you know, was, like I said, other things happened on the field. He turned and he looked at me and he said, did you do something in the price box? I said, yes, sir. You know, and I could, and again, I like it was yesterday, you know, like it was five minutes ago, I could see the look on his face and he was just, you know, disappointed. And you guys know, you know, as well as I do, the last thing you want to do to Terry Hepner is disappoint him. Right. Because that is a man that has the utmost respect for me and everybody on the team, uh, the love. I mean, you were always trying to make him happy. He was one of those coaches that, I mean, he was your guy. And, and he still listed his day. He was my guy. And, you know, to let him down like that, that was uh, that was hard. That was hard. Um, by the time we got back to the school the very next day, um, and he probably even before that, because like you said, the, the game was on national TV. So everything had blown up. They had got the, the, the uh, camcorder or the um, videotape up in the press box and, you know, showed that the desk was all jacked up and, you know, the, the chair had put a hole in the wall. And <clears throat> good thing is I didn't break any glass. I didn't hurt anybody. So <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> but, but um, again, by the time we got back to campus the very next day, um, Coach Hepner, guys, he saved my job. Yeah. He really did. Now, can, can you elaborate? No, sorry. Can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on that? Because I know you said you were definitely thankful. And again, some other things did transpire, and not everyone was so lucky, and we won't have to name names or different things. But, you know, you were able to return and, and keep your job with the team. But I know from, you know, the president to the AD, you know, and when did you really have time to maybe after things cool off, you get back, maybe a couple of days or a week or so go by and, and you kind of get to reflect and say, you know what, that's probably not something that I want to ever happen again. You know, having your emotions is what it's going to be, but then being able to control them in moments that are going to happen like that again in the profession that you're in. Right. So uh, after they, I know Coach Hep, you know, met with the president. Uh, he met with uh, the AD and I don't know exactly what transpired. I don't know how he did it, um, but but um, he was able to come up with some stipulations in order for me to keep my job. And some of the stipulations were I was suspended the last the last game because we only had one game left, so I couldn't be at practice and I couldn't go to the game. I was I was off the road that spring, uh, recruiting wise. <clears throat> excuse me, the entire spring. Um, so we lost a coach being on the road um, for that amount of time as well. Uh, so those were the stipulations. Um, I think right after they had the meeting, that's when they kind of announced it. As soon as they had the meeting, then I met with Coach Hep, and you know he gave me you know the good news and the bad news. You know, um, it wasn't until it was that same day, by the time I found out, my my wife now who was my uh, fiance at the time, uh, Charday, she, uh, she came and she picked me up. And, uh, you know, when she picked me up, it was right in the middle of the day. It's always happened in the morning. So she picked me up 11, 12 o'clock. We drove to Dayton and, uh, <laughs> again, I, we went to Champs because it was over for lunch and, and we just sat there and, and I was able to console and her just, I 
can't believe I did that. You know, because the other people uh, that I end up letting down uh, probably the most were the players. You know, um, I didn't have a chance to be around the guys, you know, and, and not just coach them, but just I, I lost days of their lives for me to be around them and vice versa. So that was tough. I mean, I had a chance to reflect on everything, and I was definitely guilty. I had to pay for the damages as well. That was another stipulation. Um, and I, I was thankful. I was grateful. Um, but that's when I consoled him. My wife now just, you know, I can't do that, you know. And, and she was unbelievable. I mean, she, she knows me. She she understood. She she didn't agree with it, just like I didn't agree with it. But she understands how I am, and, and she understood, and I understood, you know, that that was going to be a once-in-a-lifetime thing. That, that can't happen again, ever, anywhere, no matter what. And uh, it's funny, my nephew, uh, he was young at the time. Um, he ended up sending me a text and we were texting back and forth because you know your family and the other people I mean if, if something you know goes on with you good or bad I mean your your family name is on it so what what's transpired and everything that was on the news and in the newspaper and on the radio and, yeah it was my it was Tabor Johnson but it, it might as well said uh, Berletta Johnson Dante Johnson Shayla Johnson you know all, my entire family yeah. um but but he uh, he texted me say hey, you know when things are out of control that's when you have to be under control and I never forgot that never forgot that you know um, so so th- that's definitely when I kind of realized for sure and it hasn't happened again I've been in the press box the last three years so um, I haven't had any I've had some outbursts but uh, not to the extent of what it was for sure. The, the bill, um, the bill that, in uh, that, that beautiful stadium behind you, that bill will be a little bit more expensive on this one. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. And my wife wouldn't understand this time. Yeah. She'll be kicking me out of the house. Yeah, know? one of those boxes are probably about a million bucks. So Now, <laughs> I will be remiss if I don't mention, so you leave Miami, so you do come back for the 2003 season, then I believe you leave for my co-host's um, favorite team up north, the Cleveland Browns. Um, and I think that was your first stint in the NFL. And I'm, we don't want to go through your entire, you know, trajectory. But I think that's a moment I would love to talk about, kind of how you, how that opportunity came, how you were able to overcome the adversity you just went through. And then, of course, I know the Browns had to ask and know about it, but you were still able to get, you know, a year or two with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that, that was um, that was the thing, um, you know, coming back at the same school, you know, Miami allowing me to come back. You know, they didn't have to do that. I said, I say Coach Hep saved my job. I mean, I, Miami saved my career, you know, sure. um, because they didn't have to, even though Coach Hep stood in front and he had, you know, went through the stipulations and got everything and had our president at the time and uh, AD at the time, board of directors at the time, approve it. Uh, the entire university said, okay, Yes, come on back. So having that happen in 2003, uh, that was that was huge because had they let me go, like you said, I mean, I don't know where I would have been. You know, when you're when you're at a job, and I was told this, you know, way back when by my head coach that I played for and coach for Coach Niebuhr, 
uh, and Coach Tress said it all the time. Coach Hef said it all the time. Wherever, whatever job you have, that's what you're working at. You're not working this job to get the next job. So it wasn't like, you know, I, I had a plan. I was thinking about this school. Okay, that happened. I, no, I, I had no idea. Had I been let go, I mean, I, I would have been lost, you know. Uh, so coming back in 03 was huge. Um, us having an unbelievable year in 03, you know, definitely helped. But the Cleveland Browns thing came about the very next year. Jerry Rossberg was the special teams coordinator at the time. And we worked together when I was a GA at Notre Dame in 99. He was um, a DB's coach and a special teams coordinator there. And we're still friends to this day. Actually, I just talked to him about a couple weeks ago. Uh, but anyway, long story short, that, that was before the assistant special team coaches really kind of kind of evolved right around that time. And he was instrumental um, to uh, getting my name, my information to Bush Davis at the time. He was the head coach. And uh, coach approved it. And I was able to get in there and helped out with special teams and on defense. And uh, that was a, the, the first step in the NFL. And it was an unbelievable experience for sure. Awesome, awesome. We could have used it there for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're hey, I guess, dude, those guys are doing well now, man. Yeah, so. yeah, buddy, they're they're uh, they're rocking and rolling now. It's like, yeah, you'd have been a statue. You know that up in Cleveland, you, you went up there, man. They're gonna they're gonna put you on a statue. It's it's uh yeah, it's 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 good to see that they're back. But you know, going through, then you leave. You know, kind of going a little bit through the trajectory, which I think's. Uh, important is you know mm -hmm. the next piece of of you know when it, Bobby Petrino at Arkansas uh, you're on that staff and he gets put on administrative leave and you go from you know an assistant to being a head coach that's a huge opportunity in the midst of adversity right we always talk about the event or the adversity your response to an outcome that's a very adverse situation to uh, to uh, take over can you explain what happened there and how you were able to you know obviously do well in that position? Yeah, so <laughs> that that whole sequence was, uh, that was fast. Sure. <laughs> it was really fast. Sure. And uh, it was definitely challenging, but, um, you know, the situation happened with Coach Petrino, and at the time I was assistant head coach. Um, when that happened, Jeff Long was our athletic director at Arkansas. So when he put uh, Coach on, on administrative leave, you know, he called me. It was probably 10, 11 o'clock the night before. And he called me. Uh, again, you you know, you guys know football. You remember all this stuff. Like, <laughs> like it was yeah. two seconds ago. He called and said, uh, hey, you know, this is what we're going to do. Um, I need you to be the, you know, the acting head coach as we go through this situation. Um, and uh, we'll make this announcement tomorrow. It was a very short conversation. All I could say was, yes, sir. So I hung the phone up, and uh, I think I stayed up all night <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out, oh, my goodness, what uh, what do we have to do? But that very next day, we had a staff meeting. And those couple of weeks, or however long, I can't even remember how, how long it was. I want to say, you know, three weeks, two weeks into spring ball, uh, the, the staff, the football staff and support staff, uh, they were amazing. They were amazing. I mean – they didn't look at me side eye. They didn't come in with their own agenda. They they didn't. They came in. All those guys and, and uh, 
some of the, the, the uh, ladies that were with us, they came in and we all just went to work because we were in it for those guys, you know, for, for the program, for the school. Um, so that short amount of time, um, I had a chance to do some administrative things, you know, make some decisions, but those guys helped me, our staff, everyone, they, they helped me do that. Um, and, and I still thank them for that today, for sure. How have you been able to sustain excellence? So our mentor, guy you used to coach, Ryan Hawk, from uh, host of the Learning Leader podcast, one question he always asks, you know, is about sustaining <clears throat> excellence. And how have you been able to sustain excellence, you know, over the 20 plus years that you've been in the profession? And, you know, ultimately you had a stint, like we just talked about with the Browns and back in 04 and 05. But now, you know, you're, you're with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, oh, Oakland. The I'm Oakland sorry. Raiders. I'm it's sorry. The Las Vegas, Vegas Raiders. Raiders. This is the first time I'm at the, the Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders. Yeah, right. Now, I always uh, say, well, hold on real quick. I have to do my best Chris Berman. I'm going to put Oakland. This is the last time I say Oakland because you said Oakland. But if you ever heard Chris Berman, I know he doesn't do as much, but he goes, <laughs> the Oakland Raiders. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the right. Oakland Ottomina County Coliseum where the Oakland Raiders. Oh, wow. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, wow. Chris Berman. Anyway, now it's Las Vegas Raiders. You can't do that. I got to get, we got to get out and visit him at that, that, what, I mean, it's just a, I mean, monumental black stadium. I mean, it's crazy. Oh, it's unbelievable, guys. What yeah. Fun. What, what Mr. Davis, um, has provided us with uh, not just the stadium, but also our practice facility. It's got to be Thompson NFL. <clears throat> Excuse me, it has to be. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I can't wait. It looks, <laughs> man, I saw it and it's so cool looking. I mean, yeah. it gives a whole definition to the black hole. <laughs> like, I mean, that thing uh, I know is empty yeah, this yeah, season. Right on 15, man. You, you know, yeah. Whether it's uh, during the day or at night, it sticks out. Yeah, I love it, man. <clears throat> Black hole in the desert. But, uh, back to back to your question. Um, I think main, maintaining excellence. That's a that's a great question. Um, you know, the, the first thing is, you know, never being content. You know, with what you're doing, always trying to to uh, evaluate, reevaluate uh, how you do things, how you teach, how you coach, how you learn. Um, the people you surround yourself with, the coaches being able to learn from them. I mean, that's, that's huge. It doesn't matter what position, it doesn't matter what level. Um, you can always pick up a different way to say things or a different way to coach something, even if it's not the same position, you know, um, and, and just continue to have that fire for your players. I mean, that's, you, you want to maintain excellence and, and be really good at everything you do because those guys expect you to. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, the little league kids or, junior high, high school, uh, college, NFL. I mean, they, they want to be coached. They want to be good. People say, well, how is it NFL, man? How, those guys, they want to be coached. They, they want something. So being able to provide them uh, with something, um, I mean, that's huge. And it's not just football. Like I, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine. <clears throat> Excuse me. You go from, you know, coaching college and, like, you know, like you guys, you're 18, 19, 20. I mean, you're just trying to mold, you know, the guy every day. Just, hey, you know, being on time and doing all those things. So you you still do those things. Because you got to remember, the rookies come in, they're 22. Right. You know, yeah. maybe 23. You know, there, there's some vets that, you know, you, you, you play two years and now you're a vet, so to speak. Well, I mean, you're still, you're still cultivating, mm -hmm. you know, that, that guy – and then the guy that's 25, 26, 
maybe a little bit older, instead of talking more about, um, hey, you know, making sure you take notes and you're talking to them about, hey, how to be a husband, you know, what you did when your kids were five and six and, you know, how, 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 how you are with your wife. And so the conversations change a little bit, you know, just because of the maturity of the person. But, you know, there's still some things that you can give those guys outside of football. Because I, I heard it said to me when I was young <laughs> um, by, by some relatives, say, you know, I've been 22, I've been 30, you know, I've been 18, you know, I've been 16. I tell my son that now. Um, they, they haven't been 48. So you have some things that you can still give them that you've gone through, good or bad, yeah. that can still help those guys. And then the same on the grass. Now, one, another question for you. Having coached at multiple, you know, businesses, different teams or whatnot, what would you say have you noticed for, you know, for an organization, you know, you did two stints at Ohio State who have, we know the success that they have, um, you know, then being, you know, at, at Arkansas or being at Temple or Purdue. What is the difference in those companies, if you will, or teams or organizations that have been able to maintain that high level of success and those who may struggle a little bit or not see the success as the others? Um, you know, in, in college, it definitely comes down to your recruiting and your resources. I mean, recruiting is everything in college. It's everything. You know, you, you, you really have to make a concerted effort every day uh, and be into it. And it has to be a collective uh, concerted effort to make sure you're getting the right players, number one, the right fit. Um, and then you need to have some guys that uh, – that have some talent, you know, so that right fit means, you know, you know, good person, you know, has morals, has values, wants to be a sponge, you know, he doesn't have to be a 4.0 or 3.5 uh, GPA kid. He's got to obviously meet the requirements and all that, but as long as he'll work hard and go to class, okay, we, we can start with that. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you may have been a 2.5 in high school. I've seen guys that end up with 3.5s in college because they find something they enjoy and bam, you know, they're loving it, you know. Um, but that's, I think, the, the, the programs that, that, you know, like you said, have been able to maintain um, that level of success. Um, you know, and the other ones that, that may have struggled but are starting to come up, it, it comes down to just recruiting and the resources, man, for sure. Let's, I got a quick question for you, too, um, out of curiosity, because we had Coach Meyer on here. I know you were with him uh, for a period of time. Let's talk about the transition, because – we know uh, Kerry Combs as well, you know, coming from Tennessee back to Ohio State. Like you said, that college, how about going from college to pro? What, what do you think will be one of Coach Myers? I know he already came out and said, you know, the, the free agency is a wild game. You know, <laughs> can't even talk to him right. or whatever. What do you think is the biggest adjustment <clears throat> that you went through that he might go through now? Um, I think uh, the, the, the offseason and the season, you know, uh, the off season, you know, the spring ball in college only lasts, you know, four weeks, and we stretch that out. Our off season is a little bit longer if we have a true off season uh, with, with, you know, phase one, two OTAs, rookie mini camp. You know, that's a little bit longer, but the season is definitely longer. Now, you know, Coach Meyer has played obviously in January through January with with all the success that he's had. 
um, going to the national championships and bowl games. But you're playing games in between now in December. Every weekend you're playing a game all the way up until January. And then, you know, God willing, you're still playing in January in the playoffs. So I think just the the, the season itself uh, is going to be different because it's going to be longer, uh, more of a grind, you know, um, he doesn't have the recruiting part of it to also mix in with uh, the season. So I think he'll, he'll realize he can obviously do more football and be with his players a lot more as opposed to before when you had to get on the road and get on the plane, go here, go there. By the time you're doing all that, you're still playing regular season games. So that's going to be the difference. Yeah, no doubt. Just coach ball. So, so when I was, uh, when, when, Sean McVay, who who coached Johnson, uh, you know, coached as well. I had an early conversation because he worked for John Gruden, which is now with with you as well. Um, and one thing uh, Sean had said that uh, when he was basically a student or a GA or, or that sort, or maybe it was quality control, whatever they call it in the NFL, but either or, he uh, <clears throat> Coach Gruden asked him, "Hey, I want you to try to beat me to the office every day." <laughs> so. You know, Sean showed up the first day at five. John was there. Showed up at like four thirty. John was there. So at four a.m., John was there, and they were like there to eleven o'clock at night. And he finally said he he got there like two or three in the morning, and Coach Gruden was there. <laughs> and so he finally figured it out. Gruden was laughing and said he didn't leave. He just slept there. <laughs> this is in Tampa Bay. So he said he literally just didn't leave the office. The man slept there. So I found that a funny story. Has Coach Gruden, to get to the question, is he is he still sleeping at the office? Does the man go home? What's going on with him? Uh, yeah, I think um, I think he does go home now. I'm sure, um, you know, Miss Cindy got after him a little bit about that part of it. Um, but he is here. He's the first one in the building, though. Uh, I, I come in at, at four during the season because I want to do some things before we start to get together. He's already here. I mean, I, I'm getting out of my car at 4 a.m. Coach is already in the building. So uh, he still comes in. Um, he may spend a couple of nights here. I don't know. But uh, but um, I do see him leave at night at times. So that tells me he does go home at least a couple of nights out of the week. Man, I, I can't <laughs> even get your boy here to work like nine to three. <laughs> I need to send him out to. I need to send him coach, out to Las Vegas, coach, not, you, not to party, but to learn how to work. Coach, you know better than that. <laughs> hey, that's only during the season, though. I, all season, everything kind of cuts back a little bit. So. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. You want to get the rapid fire? Yeah, let's get the uh-huh. rapid fire. So every every episode, coach, we uh, end with a couple. Usually, don't, they don't end up being as rapid or as hot seat, but don't, um, don't read number two. I'll read it after we're done. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That is uh-oh, a funny uh-oh, you yeah, got to set yeah, me up, man. Yeah, no, no we won't no, trip you I won't, up. I won't yeah, trip you up. Yeah, all right, well, you start off first. <laughs> um, what was one of your takeaways? Or, so we had we, we had Coach Trussell on, um, and obviously we had Coach Fickle on. And, you know, Coach Fickle, you know, obviously gave his thoughts about Coach Trussell of, and just how much of an, in, you know, inspiration and how much of – what role he played in just his success in developing him as a coach. Um, what would you say is one major takeaway you took away from your time you spent with Coach Jim Trestle, the great Coach Jim Trestle? You know, and you're right, man. Coach is uh, man, he's unbelievable. I, I talked to him about three weeks ago. I mean, we keep in touch, man. Um, but the biggest thing that I took away from him was 
Um, never give up on a player. I mean, he, that was one guy. I mean, when you're a position coach, man, and guys just not doing something or, you know, just make you frustrated or he's getting in trouble. And, you know, was, he was always about, you know, find out what it is. Cause the kid doesn't want it. He's doing something for a reason, you know, um, whether a kid got in trouble off campus, on campus, in the locker room, I mean, he, he never gave up on guys. He really, really genuinely wanted to help the person and not just the football player. That was huge. Yeah, he, he shot – I mean, what a, he, he he doesn't know us as well. Like, we he texted us the other day. We just said thanks. He shot us two, uh, two leads for us to have onto the show. And I said thanks or whatever, and he gave me a boom, <laughs> like yeah. a fist pump and a boom. I said, that is fantastic. My man – President of Youngstown State's worried about fifteen thousand people, and he's booming me and uh, Mr. Blackman here. It was awesome, man. I love that guy. That's him, man. That's him. He's a special, special human being. Um, we love to ask this one too. Morning routine. I know you just alluded to getting in early. What's uh, what's like a morning? Uh, good morning for Coach Johnson. A good morning for me. Uh, a little bit easier, um, obviously, being here uh, by myself. The problem is. I'm here. It's a three-hour difference. My mind stays on East Coast time because that's where my family is. So my phone's buzzing at four o'clock in the morning because the kids are moving around. But anyway, um, I'm up early. You know, off season it'll be you know by five. Uh, up, you know, come right in, get a workout in quick. Um, again, because we have great facilities, I'm able to get a workout in, jump in the hot tub, take a shower. At my desk, ready to go, man. Ready for the day. You know, grab me, grab me some breakfast downstairs, and if I'm drinking coffee that day. Some coffee. If not, I got a spark in, in my my water bottle. Ready to go. Now, see, now I know how the all these NFL coaches. Chris Shula is another guy. We got Dustin. They're all in tip top shape. Tip-top Jamal shape. Singleton for Mike Philly. They just they get these great facilities. They get a workout in. They have good morning routines. I'll take a dig. Of they don't have no dad bods. They don't. They don't. Well, I, I didn't say I was in shape. I just said I get a workout. <laughs> nah, you look like, I can't tell through that hoodie, but you look like you're in pretty damn good shape still. I know you used to be. Uh, man. Oh, used to know, be. Also, also too, um, I definitely make sure I talk to my wife. But the kids are in school, so I shoot them a text. And uh, I'll show you guys this. It's just unbelievable, but hopefully you can uh, you can't see it. Oh. I got Put it right in front but of you. Um, this, there you, there go. you go. There you go. So this this was our book that we used. Um, they say in 2007 uh, was our, our uh, book we used for our guys, and in the back of it, it just has some daily things for you to read. It has adversity. It has, you know, it's just some things that we always read before we even started uh, meetings. We would meet as a team, and we just went through and we picked a section. You know, like this section. That's enthusiasm. Yep. You guys see it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Can't see it, but it says enthusiasm. And so I still, uh, quiet time is what we call it. I still try to read a little bit of that also uh, before I start jumping into the day. Nice. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I always see that. That makes sense. We should have got that out of trash. But uh, quiet time, he always tweets a nice little yep. quote. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's come, a lot of those come from, from the book. I love quiet that. Time. Yeah, we'll have to do a little bit more investigating. That's fantastic. Um, so for the average fan who doesn't get to go through an interview in the NFL, um, what was it? We see the – what was it that Gruden used to have the quarterback um, where he would grill the, the fired, coach? fired uh, coaches quarterback association. Camp. Quarterback yeah. camp. Yeah. So 
Did you, what was, did you, one, did you interview with Coach Gruden? And if so, what was that like? And did he have you do X's and O's? Because I know Luke Fickle said when he interviewed with Trestle, Trestle didn't ask him one question about football. But curious with the intensity of Coach Gruden and the success he's had, what was that process like for you? <laughs> so now you got to remember, Coach, Coach Gruden's an Ohio guy now. You know, oh, yeah, so yeah. UD. It, it was it was classic, classic. Um, you know, a, a football coach from Ohio. Uh, I didn't I didn't interview with Coach X and O wise. I did with Paul Gunther, our defensive coordinator, and Jim or Jim O'Neill, our secondary coach at the time. That's who I worked with. Um, so I interviewed with those guys. You know, we got on the board. You know, we really just talking some ball and things like that. <laughs> and I went in. I sat down with Coach Gruden. Same thing. We didn't go over any X and O's. Just more or less, hey, where you been? Uh, and he kind of knew my, my background because Daryl Hazel, who I worked for at Purdue, and we worked together at Ohio State. He and Coach Hazel are really good friends. So Coach Hazel had already made a call for me and all those things. Um, so we we met briefly. You know, it was good, man. You know, we talked Ohio football, football in general. I went back down the hall to uh, to just sit down again with uh, Jim Jim O'Neill and uh, Paul Gunther. And coach comes out in the hallway. Hey, Paul. So, you know, Paul walks out in the hallway. He's like, what What are we going to do? He's like, what do you mean? He's like, just hire the damn guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is yeah, it was, that that be was the best story yet. I, I don't know if I was supposed to hear all that or not. But, um, yeah, that, that's how it happened. Um, and now, uh, to be honest with you guys, now I've kind of flipped roles because we got a new defensive staff. And coach actually flipped me on offense. I'm actually on offense. Uh oh. Uh, okay. Yeah. Is this the first yeah, time ever? That, first time ever. Woo! The ever. good, know what the good side of the ball. Yet, but, uh, man, it's uh, you know you, you talk about another guy that uh, has some influence on me, not just because of the job, but just being around him these last two years. Oh man, I learned so much so much and now being with him every day is even more so it's been it's been unbelievable that well, awesome. sounds like he's positioning and hopefully so and you don't forget about us when you get big big time head coach of the nfl no. team so, you want, no do you, never man do you want a head coach one day in the nfl you know what i, I could still I, I think i still got some time i think flipping on this side has definitely kind of probably jolted some more of that uh juice in me a little bit because now i'm getting the entire framework of the uh, organization and, and for sure on the schemes of both sides of the ball. So, yeah, my, my, my head coach juice has kick, kicked in a little bit more. Yeah, nice. yeah. I'll nice. tell you what, Last he's got one last question, but there's a guy, I wish mm -hmm. I knew his name on your defense. I was watching the Browns game. He is a bad dude. He's in your secondary, 24. He wears long sleeves or did that game. Oh, yeah. That's, What's uh, his name? John, John Abrams. Oh John man, he's a monster. What is he? Is I mean, my man is he played mean. I've never seen a guy. I was like, this is like I feel like I was watching like they all talk about Ronnie Lott or this or that back in the yeah. day. That dude plays so mean. I mean, I've never seen so, such a thing. And that's awesome. And he does. We've got to project protect John from John. <laughs> See, I wasn't wrong. I, I got good eyes. We, we lost it. Yeah, we lost him a couple of games, man, because he's freaking – he's a heat-seeking missile, you know, and uh, – Dude, we gotta make yeah. him last this year. So, so yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he's got a bright dude. Watch, yeah, watch this guy. I, like I said, yeah. you know, you talk about the quintessential old school football player you always hear about. And I was watching the game, and I started watching him like after the play or during the play, and I'm like, 
that is one mean SOB. Like that, that <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why I, I have NFL football tickets. So I started watching more of your games too because I just want to see this guy. I said, this guy, man, okay. See, I got good eyes here. See, look, I could be an NFL scout. Yeah, you do. That's pretty good. So, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, last all right, question. Last, last, last one, coach. Before we answer, before we ask this question, you have to agree to help us make it happen. Okay, I agree. Okay, all right, <laughs> all right. That's the best one we got. Yeah, so yeah, far. it's good. We've right. had a lot of people. He like, knows us, yeah, yeah. so he, he knows, knows we us. wouldn't put he, him out there. He trusts us. Yeah, he there's trusts lot, us. There's yeah. a lot of people that look at us, coach, sideways. So at least he has trust. Oh, there. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. especially when you lead in with that. Yeah, yeah. John, like John Harbaugh looked at us sideways. Yeah. Uh, pretty much everyone looks <laughs> at us sideways. Coach, coach Tressel was like. Uh, we're like, don't worry, coach. We got you. We got you. We're, you know. So, right. who is one guest that we should have on the Underdog Podcast? Ooh, one guest you should have on the Underdog. I mean, you have some coaches, man. I forgot you had Coach Harbaugh there. Um, man, I gotta tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can just text it to me. <laughs> There you go. I mean, that's a big one there. Yeah, that, that is that's the really hardest it. question we gave you. Yeah, that, that, that is the hardest question, man. You know, that was easy. All right, all right, it's good. Yeah, we'll we'll, 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 we'll rack your we'll, brain. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get you off the hot seat there. Yeah, we'll. We'll there let, we go. There yeah, we we'll go. let you off, and when you think about it, probably in the middle of the night, you'll be driving at 4 a.m. to the stadium, and then you're going to text us. But it'll be 7 a.m. Yeah. our time, so that's right. good. There you go. Yeah, you guys yeah. will be good. Yeah. Well, you're up and rolling. Well, you're. Uh, we, we're so glad to reconnect with you, and I know it's been years for me, and I know uh, Calvin and I were very blessed to, to be under your watch for a couple of years. You made us better men, and glad you're continuing on your career. Nothing but blessings, and so happy uh, what you're doing out there in Las Vegas. Hey, guys, this has been fun, man. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, having me on, like I said, you've had some heavy hitters on there. So uh, for me to come on and to see what you guys are doing and see the success that you're having, man, this is the reason why you coach. You know, you see guys move on and they're being successful in society and they're making an influence like you guys are. Um, you know, you're able to go, okay, you know, this is why I'm doing it. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate yeah. you guys. So happy for you. So proud of you guys. Yeah. Keep it up. Yeah. We love you. Yeah. Appreciate it. I appreciate you. Coach. Love you too, guys. All right. Thanks, coach. All right. Take care. All right. All right.